This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi everyone. Um, we have a special guest for everyone. Um, this is my friend, Rachel. And the reason why I have her on today is because she is such an incredible advocate for a really tricky healing journey. And I'm going to have her explain it to us because she came into our clinic in January sometime and her son had some pretty unique symptoms, wouldn't you say? Um, yes, I would say so. And so, and, and doctors didn't know what to do. And so I'm going to have Rachel explain her medical merry-go-round. But I want to show you guys a great example of a mom that advocated and advocated hard for her child because it's, it's a rough road, but it can be done. And I want other moms out there that are discouraged because it happens a lot. I get the DMs and they're frustrated and confused and sad and they're, they're feeling really lonely on this journey. And so I'm, I'm hoping that Rachel's story can bring hope to the mom who is experiencing a trying healing journey with their child. So welcome, Rachel. Okay, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm excited to share about Boston's journey because it has been really tricky, but it's um, fun to be able to look back and see the, all the good growth that has come out of it. So Boston, ever since he was a baby, he had eczema and we knew he had, was like lactose intolerant and there were some other issues there, but nothing that I was too worried about or was taking big steps forward. You know, he was um, formula fed on the standard American diet, things like that. And then when he was, let's see, this was uh, March of last year. So he would have been about two and a half. He presented with like this, just like a little lump under his ear on his neck. Before we get into that, I want people to understand like, like formula, standard American diet, you didn't know anything about health. Yes, not, nothing. Like your percentage of crunchiness was 0%, right? <laughs> like 0%. So, zero. <laughs> so starting from nowhere, yeah. like there's no one that's like crunchy in your family. Correct. Like you just, you, okay, we'll learn as Rachel tells us her yes. story, like how she just kept, I don't know, like you, there must have been some intuition somewhere where you're like, I'm not finding answers here. And you yeah. just like jumped ship. So keep going. I want moms okay. to understand like you do not have to have some kind of health background or be a doctor or a nurse, nothing. Like you can be a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, and a, a dad, any kind of parent with zero health background and you can still do amazing things. So sorry, keep going. So Boston had a lump on his neck. Yes. So he had a lump on his neck and it was just under the skin. So it looked like it was something more about like a, like a lymphatic issue. Cause mm-hmm. I had just been to like, um, a naturopath for like the very first time. Cause I wanted to just learn more this when this was right before this issue came up. And I just remember him telling me that, um, the lymph nodes shouldn't be bigger than the size of a pea. Like mm-hmm. swollen lymph nodes are normal, but they shouldn't be bigger than a pea. And we were on this family trip and I just felt on his neck just by chance. And it was bigger than a pea. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, that's bad. Like he literally just told me that that is bad. And so um, I started to try to look up, you know, things for the lymph system, just Googling it. And when a, a week or two went by and it wasn't getting better, we went to the pediatrician and our pediatrician you know, I sat there with him and 
like watched him do the same thing I did. Like he just Googled his symptoms and he was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is um, just like a lymph infection. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm like 90% sure that if we do the antibiotics, it will just go away. And I was, I was worried because at this point, you know, I would say my crunchy journey started like shortly. At, like I remember I met my my crunchy best friend, I think is a good title for her, her name is Brittany, um, when I had like a, when Boston was a newborn. And mm-hmm. I remember him being a couple months old and we were on a play date and we were about art, she brought up artificial food dyes. And I was like, well, what is it in? She's like, oh, it's in like pickles and marshmallows. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like I, my mind was blown. Like I just mm-hmm. had no idea. So it had kind of started, but it was really slow and really casual. Like I was just kind of open to new information. And so... Um, with this pediatrician, I told him, I'm like, well, I really don't want to do an antibiotic unless like we are really certain that it's going to work because what made you ask or say that? I think at that point I had just realized where, um, cause I, I, I did like the book, the vaccine friendly method by Dr. Paul Thomas, I think. Mm-hmm. So he brought up more like he is, he still encourages vaccines, but he brings up, um, the concerns of over vaccinating and like with antibiotics, how we like when we give antibiotics too much, then our bodies become antibiotic resistant. Mm, so mm-hmm. I had that piece of information. And so I didn't want to just do it just like, okay, my pediatrician told me to. Yeah. And so, but I had already tried for a couple of weeks to heal it and it wasn't working. So we did the antibiotics and saw, and saw no change. Mm-hmm. And so, and I like this journey has been really good for me because I'm, like a recovering people pleaser because mm-hmm. I like never went back to my pediatrician. Cause I was like the, the antibiotics didn't work and I knew he was going to recommend more antibiotics and I didn't want to do that. And so I was like, but I didn't know how to advocate for myself or for Boston yet. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, like we just have never been back since then. And mm-hmm. we found other providers. And so I tried for a couple more weeks. I don't even remember what I was doing. I just remember I was trying to like, build his immune system or do something to help him. And what were you doing trying to build his immune system? You know, I'm trying to remember where that even started. Um, Probably just like with vitamin C and vitamin D, they probably weren't like the best, even the best like forms of vitamin C and vitamin D, you know, but I was just like, oh, I think these things help, you know, because it was so new. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after like another couple of weeks and it just continued to get worse. So it started just under the skin as a lump and then the skin became red and inflamed and then it like pussed and then a second bump popped up like on like his cheek next to his ear and then that turned red and inflamed and started to pus. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty stressful for me to see like my minimal, but trying efforts to, um, you know, at the time they didn't feel minimal, but um, like trying to do everything that I could and it just not, helping. Mm -hmm. So I went to a naturopath and he felt like because of the way it started that it was probably a lymphatic issue. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, so, um, real, real quick. So you just incorporated vitamins. Had you made nutritional changes yet or you were just adding supplements? You know, at that point, um, not at that point yet because we had tried, like I knew that he probably shouldn't be on dairy and gluten, but it was still really overwhelming. Like those changes were Mm -hmm. still so big and like, you just realize that, you know, it's in everything. Like when you're eating yeah. just standard pack, like foods, you know? Mm-hmm. And so were you an information overload right now? Like you're probably, were you in the mode of I'm researching everything? I'm reading everything. I would say, I feel like the 
best way. I actually love Instagram for mm-hmm. like educational accounts because to me, like, you know, I was a, like a, a mom of two really young boys and I didn't have time, like sitting down to read books was daunting to right. me, you know, or even like an eight hour audiobook on yes. like gut health. That's, that's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was really interesting because I just started to follow accounts that gave me good information. And then I was just taking it in in small pieces mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And then I, I remember at one point looking back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've learned so much over this course of time. It just is slowly, but it was consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorite accounts that you were getting information from at the time? Do you remember? Okay. I, I was like, I know that you, I knew you were going to ask. And I, then I forgot. Um, I remember, I, I still think one of my favorite accounts is, is just ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's know? fantastic. Yes. Because yeah. you can just take it from wherever you're at. And I feel like you just can make better choices. And then mm-hmm. when you're just making better choices for years on end, you end up somewhere really great. Like yes. when you're just baby stepping the whole time. Totally. And I feel like that's what we've done. I don't feel like it was anything super amazing that mm-hmm. happened overnight. Yeah. It's just been slow and steady and driven by anxiety, you know, yeah. and like <laughs> <laughs> desire to, um, I mean, you had a catalyst, a really big yeah. catalyst to be like, whoa, I need to make some changes Yeah, because there's this pussiness coming out of my son's face and nobody knows what's going on. Well, and it's on his face. So I'm like, I li- it's like, I felt like it was staring at me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm like mm. watching my son play or I'm taking pictures of him and that's all I can see in the mm-hmm. picture yeah. is like, and not knowing what it was. And I think one thing that was interesting was not feeling like anyone understood how heavy it was for me because my child didn't have cancer. He wasn't dying. You know, Mm -hmm. he seemed healthy quotation marks Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm. besides these little bumps on his face, you know, but he also had like eczema, skin issues, food allergies. Yeah. So, so for everyone listening, like we're already seeing red flags, like to the the standard person, food allergies, no big deal. Right. Mm. Like, you know, it's Everybody kind of has like, those. Yeah, everyone has yeah. that. That's normal. But to everyone listening, we know that's an underlying issue. We know there's like gut dysbiosis. Mm-hmm. We know there is a gut flora issue, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you would eventually learn this, right? But you are yeah. still in the learning and piecing together phase. Yeah. You, now you've done like one round of antibiotics. It didn't work. Now it's broken through the skin. You're seeing yeah. another doctor who Googled stuff. Everyone's saying it's the lymphatic, right? So the first doctor Google, like the pediatrician Googled oh, it. Okay. Like I watched him on his laptop, just Google it. And was like, this will work. You yeah. Know? Which by the way, no shame in that. Yeah. The, the only reason why this is really noteworthy and it annoys me is that if you do that, the doctor gets angry, mm-hmm. but if the doctor does it, they're just doctoring. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's but, a double standard. But the fact is that it, it, it can be very helpful mm-hmm. and that's why doctors do it. Right. They might have their own special search engine where they're looking, but it's not any mm-hmm. different from what we're all doing. Right. So, so the pediatrician Googled the naturopath, put him on antibiotics. So the naturopath first, he did a homeopathic to help drain the mm-hmm. lymph system. And we kind of were like trying to do rebounding mm-hmm. and drain the lymph system. And, um, when that didn't work, then he was like, okay, I think we should try antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was like a longer, stronger, you know, mm-hmm. like for 10 days and it was like a stronger antibiotic, but and I a, think a, is that the first round or the second round at that point? That was the first. The sec- uh, so oh, the, there was the first round with the pediatrician yeah. oh, and there okay. was the second, <laughs> sorry. Round. second round. That's, sorry, that's why so I asked. I just wanted to be really clear. Okay. Um, 
you know, and I'm still treading like the balance between natural and medical. Mm -hmm. And like when I feel like my limited knowledge on holistic methods, it was like, okay, I guess we have to turn to antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And we did it for 10 days and saw no change. And so I was just like, and then we did go back to, we went back to him and we did do um, some blood work. And because at that point we were like, you know, wanted to make sure it wasn't cancer or something like that. And Mm -hmm. so we did blood work and everything looked fine, except for it did show that his immune system was functioning low. And I knew enough to know that like, sometimes when you have food sensitivities, you might not have an anaphylactic reaction, but it can suppress your immune system. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's when we cut out gluten and dairy. And those were two things I had tried to cut out before, but I didn't have the motivation the mental bandwidth yes. the emotional bandwidth mm-hmm. yeah because it's draining it is mm-hmm. it is a big change but at that point I was just so ready to do anything that I could and so um so we cut out gluten and dairy I just like kept trying like time would go by and I just would just keep trying to do you know what I could and we didn't see a doctor for a little while because I didn't like that it ended with antibiotics mm-hmm. again and then I got a, a recommendation for another naturopath um and i and i liked him he was up in salt lake and i remember we went and saw him he's like oh we should culture it and Finally. i was like are you kidding me like <laughs> that's I, a thing we can do <laughs> i know so I, I'm, I'm waiting for this because i'm yeah. like why is no one testing it yeah and it had been six months and i'm like wow and i was like mad i was mad at myself but only momentarily because i'm like well I, there's no way i could have known to do that it's right. not your job but, to know that it's their job yeah. right and so I was mad once I knew that was an option because I'm like, we mm-hmm. could have done that mm-hmm. a long Ages time ago. ago. Mm-hmm. And so um, we cultured it and it showed, that's when we knew it was a staph infection, mm. which is just like, so for six months we thought it was a lymph issue. Yeah. And then we realized it's like the staph infection that's been growing for six months. Yeah. Can oh. you explain to people what a staph infection is? Because some listeners are probably like, I've never heard that. Um, I don't even know if I can explain it. I just know it's like a infection right yeah. skin. Mm-hmm. maybe you guys should explain it because i just well, no, I, is it viral is it, it's viral right because the bacteria staphylococcus aureus is it viral or bacterial bacterial and the but the antibiotics weren't even working they weren't touching well it. no and and a lot of times they won't i mean mm-hmm. one of the one of the big killers of elderly people is um methicillin resistant staphylococcus mm-hmm. mrsa MRSA, right MRSA, yeah. yeah and um and so it's not uncommon for staph mm-hmm. to be Antibiotic resistant. Right. Now, sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right antibiotic for it. Right. Yeah. But if you don't know that it's staph in the first place, then mm-hmm. you're yeah. not going to be able to do that. And just because it is staph doesn't mean that it's going to respond. There's nothing that you can do. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is what you learned. Yeah. And so um, that naturopath, um, I remember the biggest one was berberine, is what we started for mm-hmm. um, to try to heal it naturally. And, um, that was challenging because I tried to, I don't know, berberine, I don't, it's like gross. Right. Like it, it like makes your whole mouth tingle. So right. I was like, I so was I, it a, was it a liquid form then? No, it was capsules, okay. but my son was like not even three years old. Oh, and so I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, I just mixed it with some like applesauce, yeah. you know? And then he's like, that's gross. I'm like, what? Like this should cover but it up. And I tried it and I was like, <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah. So I was really proud of him because we taught, we taught him to, Swallow pills, mm-hmm. like oh, wow, that's amazing. Before he was three, <laughs> and um, 
he's just been like a little champ through it. But so we started the berberine and I'm sure there were a couple other supplements, but I don't remember them off the top of my head because I feel like we've just been through so many. But we start that's at that point, that is when the infection stopped getting worse. Mm. And it was like kind of getting better, but sort it was so static, slow. right? Just yeah. And he was and he brought up that it's like, well, it's been growing for six months. It's gonna take time mm-hmm. for yeah. it to and at this point he was gluten and dairy free and this along this whole time, you know, I'm learning and making small changes in our household, like with just ingredients, like cleaning up, you know, all of our food and our household products and things like that. And so we were making small changes in like any category I could think of. Um, and then, but it was just really slow progress. Mm -hmm. And so I had asked him, I'm like, well, what do we do if this doesn't work? And he was like, well, now that we know it's staph, we could probably do an antibiotic that would actually help, Mm -hmm. you know? But at that point I was like, (laughs) I'm like, we've already done two rounds. Like they didn't help his, like, how is his immune system supposed to fight this if we keep like depleting it with antibiotics? And so I kind of like... At that point is when I kind of refused to allow that to be the answer. Like, I'm like, I kind of was just like not willing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not willing to just do another round of antibiotics. Yeah. Um, even because, and that that's when I kind of had my resolve and I had enough information to know it could be done naturally. I just had to figure out. Mm-hmm. That's how. amazing. <laughs> like, where did you find that gusto? Um, cause that is really, it was, it was necessity, right? Yeah, she was let amazing. down so many times right. that she had no choice, but to start relying on her own intuition. But you had yeah. so, like, and, and I want, I want women to, to really tune in right now because there was some kind of intuition in you where you were like, I'm going to listen to myself. Right. Like, and it's so easy to just listen to a doctor because they have the big fancy smancy credentials and letters after their name. But there was something in you that you're like, there's better. And I, and like, I want women, like, listen to that, right? Listen to it. And so, okay. So you're like, we're done. Yeah. I just wasn't okay with that being the answer. Yeah. Um, And, um, and then a couple more months go by of doing that. And then I found a, another naturopath that was up in um, Salt Lake that she, they were more homeopathic specialties and she was also like specialized in dermatology. And so I was like, okay, that seems like a good combination, right? Cause it's dermatology and mm-hmm. homeopathics. Yeah. And so, um, so I took, so I was interested in just, cause I needed a new provider cause I had stopped taking my kids to our old pediatrician. So I took both of my sons to that office to like establish care with them. And they tried a homeopathic for Boston and you know, it was one they just give in the office. And I remember thinking like that might've helped, but it just wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel like, and it wasn't even the appointment with Boston. It was with my, my younger son that, you know, cause with Luke, uh, with Luca, (laughs) um, by then I was a lot more like crunchy at this point, you know, so I wanted to do things more naturally and I didn't want to listen to people that, didn't understand where I was coming from because I had done that so many times before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just didn't feel like it was a good fit. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like they respected where I was at as a mom. And so they weren't going to be someone that I respected taking advice from. It was kind of the message of like, you're not the expert we are. So, or 
Is that what made you uncomfortable? I think it was them, even though they were a naturopath, just not being as on board with how naturally I wanted to mm. do things for my kids they, in general. That makes yeah. sense. Just feeling like you have to fight with your doctor yes. is and not comfortable, right? Right, right. Yeah. And, and this is doctor number four at this point? This is the fourth one. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, and, and so, and that part of that was me, you know, like a recovering people pleaser. Like it was so hard mm. for me to advocate mm. for myself, but as time goes on and when you have the motivation, you know, like I just, you just find it, you know, because I, I wasn't willing to settle for less. And, and that's what was, Boston was healthy quotation marks, Yeah, but he had eczema and food sensitivities and really bad sleep and a lot of anxiety. And it was mm -hmm. hard for me because he's my oldest. So people are like, oh, it's just a terrible twos. Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of that, I do believe that was my intuition as a mother of just knowing that he was really uncomfortable in his little mm -hmm. body. Yeah. And the only reason that I knew for sure was because of those bumps mm -hmm. on his face. Yeah. And so, and it was really interesting to see how even with his diet, as we change things, it's like, the bumps communicated mm -hmm. with me because they would either get more inflamed or they would look better. That's cool. And that they would really just like cool. fluctuate. And so I, it's funny cause I had so much, like I hated seeing them like, cause they were a reminder that my son was struggling and I didn't know how to fix it. But as we fixed it, I realized they were actually, you know, cause our bodies want to communicate with us. They do. Our symptoms are trying to tell us something. And I'm like, now I can be really grateful for those, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, I, uh, I, I tell people all the time, especially when it comes to their kids' health, that sometimes these big events are actually like a really fortunate thing to have happen mm -hmm. because it forces us to really become conscious yeah. of the kind of the health dynamics of our household, yeah. right? Otherwise, you can sort of scrape by on a not so healthy, but okay level until your kids are out of the house. They're in their twenties. Yeah. And then suddenly all of their health issues kick in yeah. and it's too late to really do anything at that point, or at yeah. least it's a lot harder. But when it happens nice and young, it basically transforms you, right? You, yeah. you turn into a, a crunchy mom, mm -hmm. so to speak. And now you are fully aware of how all of the things in your environment impact the health of your children and your family. And yeah. you can make sure that they grow up to be the healthiest people possible. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I've like actually loved that. Like, I feel like that has been transformative to just like, like, I don't feel like we're ever going to get to a point where it's like, okay, this is good enough because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. so empowering to like find your own healing. And it's like, yeah. we've all been blessed by it. Like my husband and I are healthier than we've ever been mm -hmm. because of what we've learned trying to help Boston. And then my youngest son doesn't know like we didn't have to try to transfer him from like standard American foods, like really carby starchy foods. Like he just mm. started eating whole foods as a baby and doesn't know anything different. So yeah. he's like, this has blessed his, you know, his younger brother too. And mm -hmm. so, um, so that, so that last naturopath that we saw, it just wasn't a good fit. So I wasn't interested in driving like an hour to go back right. to see them ever again. Um, and then it was, and then I saw, I found out about you guys because Just Ingredients posted mm -hmm. about you guys. And so then I made an appointment for Boston's DNA hair test analysis. And, and this was how long ago at this, this point? Was January, January, right? January. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. 
And so, and I remember I was excited because I, my goal was to like have this infection like done with by the year mark. And I was I like, crap, it. I'm coming up on the year mark. <laughs> it's not going away. And you know, it's been longer than that. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, you meant like by 2019, the end of 2019, you wanted it gone. Is so, that what you're saying? Cause I first, it first started March, 2018. Oh, so by March, yeah. 2020, cause it was really slow progress, right? Like yeah. after mm-hmm. like seven months, it started to get better. And I'm like, I just want it, like, I don't want this to go into a second year. Like, yes. I can't handle that. I just, like, need this to go away, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I go to you guys in March, and I remember, because um, I've seen lots of doctors at this point, and I feel like, Shawnique, you did such a great job of recognizing all of my efforts, you know? Like, I ramble off all the things I'm trying to do, and it's not just like, okay, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, let's do this. But you were just like, oh, my gosh, like, you were so like validating to me in all of my efforts. And then you also understood, understood my concerns that I still had. Yeah. And so I was so grateful for that. And then the DNA hair test showed why my son was susceptible to like this chronic infection that Mm -hmm. wouldn't go away. And it showed that he was, his body was overloaded with toxins and fungus and parasites and viruses right. and more but food sensitivities. Was it the, the resistance The resistance pathogens? page, yeah, and yeah. the chemicals, yeah. And the chemicals too. So toxic metals, right? Yeah. And then the other page was viruses, bacterias, and... Parasites. Fungus? Fungus. Sorry, what'd you say? Molds. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. were, when yeah. there's more than two, like we have a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Like when they're yeah. all clumped together, and I always use this explanation, our immune system is really intelligent because we all have bad viruses and funguses and bacterias in our in our bodies, but our immune system keeps it in check. So imagine a glass jar with a lid on it, right? Now, when your immune system gets weaker and weaker and overstressed, and when we have more and more inflammation, that jar on that lid loosens more and more. And then one day, just one bad thing happens and that jar pops off and all of these bad stealthy things come out to play. And now you're playing catch up, trying to stuff it all back in. And unfortunately we throw antibiotics at these things, which, you know, short term, sometimes short term gains, sometimes long term consequences, because Mm -hmm. now we are dumbing down the immune system even more for long term infections. And that's where your intuition kicked in. As you're telling the story, you're like, you know, maybe antibiotics would help now, but it's going to destroy his immune system for years to come. And that's where you put your foot down, right? And you were like, no more. Like we need to find the root cause to this and like retrace our steps. And so that's how the immune system works, guys. And so when we come on the hair analysis and I see all of these infections just kind of playing together, there's, there's dysfunction, like big time. And so that's where you, we were at, right? Like not only was his body having a hard time with these infections, but his body was having a hard time dumping toxins too, because we're all exposed to toxins and yet he was still stuck in his. Yeah. And it was interesting because it didn't show up on anyone else's DNA hair test because we did our whole family. That's right. You know, and so it shows that his body was just having a hard time detoxing because yeah um so i thought that was really interesting because you know the toxins it brought up environmental but Mm -hmm. none of us were struggling with that Um, yeah and so um yeah so then we did the autoimmune protocol after that so we cut out we had already cut out gluten and dairy but we also cut out eggs nuts sugar Legumes, legumes, grains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for people listening, Corn. wondering why would you cut out those things? Nuts and eggs, those are wonderful. It's, it's because in certain people, they are inflammatory. Right. Right. And so 
what we try to do with the autoimmune protocol is keep inflammatory foods, even possible inflammatory foods, mm-hmm. as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like we're going to like bare minimum, bare basic. Like if it does have any kind of potential to create inflammation, we're taking it out and just to give his body a bit of a mm-hmm. head start. And, it, and it's this. a temporary thing. This is not a, a new rest of your life situation. No. It's a, we do this until we get the body back to where it's supposed to be. And then it yeah. can reintroduce those foods and still be okay. Right. I also want to interject when Rachel came in, I like, on the side, I mentioned something like we need to detox him. So using sauna, you know, to detoxify him. And you went home and you researched that inside out. And when you came back and you report and you're like, well, I found out that the best way to detox kids was this and this and this. You taught me things I didn't know. I didn't know how to re- like detox kids efficiently because it's different for ages. And, you know, and so I, I don't do that research. You went home and you did that research. And so like, so the information Rachel got through this consult, she took every piece of it and she ran with it. And she just went down her rabbit holes of research and figuring out a protocol. So it wasn't just me saying, here's your perfect protocol. She had a big hand in it, you guys, Mm -hmm. huge hand. So sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. Well, and that's where I feel like, Honestly, it sounds like it was like really amazing, but it was just like anxiety. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, I couldn't just sit back any longer. Like I needed, like that's how I coped was researching and trying to find more information. And so I love, like you totally hear people say like, oh, anxiety is a gift, you know? And in some ways it's like so hard to believe that still. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I, I do deal with that, you know? But in this sense, it is like what fueled me because- Mm -hmm it was like, I, I couldn't just sit back and I'm highly sensitive about how my body feels and my Boston is too. And I almost feel like I took it on, like yeah. seeing him, like, and knowing his body was struggling, it was like, it, it felt like it was a part of me, you know? And so, um, that's where I like, I, what I love about this like journey is that I wasn't like an expert. I had no background. I was literally just like a mom with anxiety that knew something was wrong Mm -hmm. and kept looking and had um, enough people supporting me to like help me keep going, you know, because not everyone got it. Not everyone Mm -hmm. understood why I was not doing more antibiotics and why I was cutting out so many foods, you know? And so um, when you're willing to listen to that intuition, it's there and it wants to help you. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, that is the difference, by the way, between a happy outcome and something that goes in a different direction is that everyone, well, not everyone, but a ton of parents experience that anxiety of there's something wrong here. I don't know what to do about this. Not everyone channels that anxiety towards, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to keep trying until I figure this out. A lot of people, they just sit with the anxiety and they do nothing or they, they turn it over to the medical establishment, mm-hmm. right? They say, I can't handle this. You just tell me what to do. Right. And then they end up on that treadmill of more medications mm-hmm. and more medications to deal with the side effects of the first medications. And then they just get sicker and sicker and sicker until... And they're on this medical merry-go-round that the, costs a lot of money, right. a lot of... And, and, and usually it ends in opiates because that's the only thing that helps the anxiety and the pain that's yeah. caused by everything else. It's not a happy ending. Right. Right. So the fact that you actually took that anxiety and you said, here's how I'm going to turn this into something beautiful. That's really the amazing part of this whole story. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you guys. <laughs> it really is. Um, well, I'm like really grateful for your guys' help because that's when you guys put him on the stealth pathogens protocol as mm-hmm. well. And with between the diet changes and the stealth pathogens protocol, within six weeks, we saw more change than we had seen in like over a year. That's so wow. awesome. You know? And so, and now it's been about six months since then. And the, all of the inflammation is totally gone. He has scars. One of them's like completely just a scar. And one is, um, the skin is still just healing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my moments where it's still really hard for me to know that there's always going to be those two scars on his face, you know, like yeah. there, he probably won't grow facial hair there, mm-hmm. you know, because it's going to be like scar tissue, but, um, it really has been, I love like the word catalyst that you used and like for a beautiful journey, like you used Tristan, cause it has been really hard, but it has completely changed our whole life our lives for now and forever yeah. right like because the changes you you everything you were forced to learn all the changes that you were forced to make you're going to keep these on now for the rest of your lives and the rest of your children's lives yeah right and didn't you say when you put him on the stealth pathogen protocol and the autoimmune paleo you are now reintroducing foods that he was previously like sensitive to, is that correct? Yeah. So we've still been really firm about gluten and dairy, but like we've been able to introduce, um, like oats and nuts. We're still not doing like peanuts and we avoid cashews, like just Mm -hmm. the, you know, like nuts and seeds. Yeah. And, um, no one should do peanuts by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like peanuts at all because they're so high in aflatoxins, but sorry, keep going. (laughs) And then, and and then we've been been able to introduce eggs as well. And it's interesting because we already have the history, you know, I've been like, should I be introducing, like, should I have like waited and just been really careful? But it's so interesting because of his bumps in the past, I've always been able to see when his body wasn't able to handle it. Cause they would, Amazing. you know, they would mm. become inflamed, yeah. Yeah. but like in behavior wise, like when he has accidentally had gluten, like I can see changes in his behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really fun to be able to inter- like to go through all of that. Like that was, that was probably the hardest because you know, Boston's three years old and being on an autoimmune protocol diet is hard for everyone. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to eat, (laughs) Like you know? And so, um, and so it was, I'm really grateful that that was temporary and it's been exciting to feel like really out of the woods. Mm -hmm. Like we're still, I love it because I think that my personality, I'm like, I would have become like really crunchy either way, but like, it just like catapulted us Mm -hmm. and it's like, I have just loved it. I found I'm like more empowered and happy than I've ever been amongst it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the changes will never go back. Um, And so I'm really grateful for it. I want to bring up two things because in my Insta stories today, I talked to people about, you know, having an underlying foundational knowledge, right. On how to heal yourself everyone should know this, right? It took you just less than a year to, to really like catapult yourself into this. And so, but, but now you're at a point where you've learned so much through trial and error and through a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, good moments and bad moments and through the catalyst of your son's staph infection that you now have this baseline of knowledge where you can go out into the world and research and have educated conversations with medical practitioners and be like, you know what, I'm, I don't agree with that. So I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. 
with the membership, that's what I want everyone to do. Everyone should know this, right? And so I've tried to pull all the information that every single person that I see in my consults, this is the information I wish they all knew. And it's all the information that you picked up by yourself. Now, I want to point out one more thing. Do you think, Rachel, if we had met six months prior, do you think you would have been ready to make the changes? You know, like it was such a long journey. I think six months, I probably would have been. But if it would have been at the beginning, I would have been like mind blown. Like just like, oh my gosh, that's that's too too much, much, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I think is important is like, it's interesting even just being here, sitting here now thinking about the journey because a year ago I never would have predicted how I feel about it now that mm-hmm. I could look at it as a positive thing and yeah. see like all these great changes that have happened in our whole family because of it. But, um, I, that's what I think one thing that I was instilled in me with, um, just ingredients is, um, it wasn't any big overnight decisions. It was yeah. just like making better choices, mm-hmm. like any chance that I yeah. had, you know, and, asking myself like today, what's the best food I can feed Boston today? And if it's like a, you know, a smooth, like a chocolate shake with cacao, it's like, okay, let's just dump some spinach in there. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're looking for opportunities, they're there, but it's just kind of the mindset. Yeah. But, um, and I think if I would have been listening to a podcast like this, even a year and a half ago, I probably would have been like, that'll never be me. (laughs) This is why some of the feedback we get from people is they're really extreme. It's because that's, that's where they're at in their journey. (laughs) Right. And And we're not for them. There are other people for them, but when they're ready, here we are. And and like you, they can hear it and they go, Oh yeah, there's a missing puzzle piece. Right. I wanted people to hear that from you because we're all at different stages and people get really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They get really overwhelmed with this. And so I want people to take a deep breath and just pretend like you're practicing. You're just, it's well, that's literally what you're doing. You are, you are practicing health and eventually you will get to the point where you're like, okay, I can do autoimmune paleo. I can do stealth pathogens. I, I can be all in, Mm -hmm. but in order to be all in, you have to train for it. Right. It's, it's like running a marathon. You can't just wake up and be like, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. You got to train for that. Otherwise you are going to (laughs) die. Like not literally, but you're going to feel like you're dying after running 26 miles. But but speaking of marathons, if anyone's made the mistake of taking like a bunch of pre-workout before a marathon, it doesn't go well, right? Because you get super jacked up and you blow out all your energy Mm -hmm. in like the first two miles. And then you spend the rest of the marathon trying to suck air because there's nothing left in you. And that's what people do all the time with health. They want to do everything all at once. Yeah. So they just blast themselves with all the information. They want to make all the changes at the same time. And after like two weeks, they burn out right. and they go, that's too hard. Yeah. I can't do that. You know, we actually, I did a little pep talk with my members this week and I'm like, listen guys, I can see the overwhelm in the messages on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. Like we have a super simple menu plan. We have an intermittent fasting and we have a full menu plan. Mm-hmm. Start with the super simple. It All you do is make four dinners and you make green smoothies and do that every other week. Don't mm-hmm. do it every week because you're going to burn out. Like you said, you're going to just 
burnout and like too much structure is going to feel really stifling and you're going to start feeling claustrophobic and then you're going to run away from this, you know, and never look back. So I said, do it every other week, you know, give yourself a little bit of flexibility to practice and to feel comfortable. And then maybe you can do it two weeks on one week off, two weeks on one week off, you know, have some structure and then flexibility, some structure and flex. And then you just, you just keep practicing, right? Because it's, it's retraining a baseline. Like your lifestyle has to be overhauled entirely. Mm. Right. And like, and, it took you but about not a year. immediately not immediately exactly that's the trick. exactly and that is and that's that was my point for asking that question is like if we had met a year ago you would have been like yeah. no thank you peace out yeah. right so everyone be gentle with yourselves mm-hmm. all right be really gentle just know what you can and can't do and just do something it doesn't have to be all the things maybe make a plan i'm just going to do green smoothies three times for this week. And then I'm going to do green smoothies four times the next week. And then I'm going to do green smoothies four times the following week and two healthy dinners, you know, and start from there and then get like, I don't want to say even stricter, right? Because that, that sounds really, I don't know, overbearing, but just you know, closer you can, to you can where you're trying tune. to go. Yeah. You can fine tune it over yeah. time. Wouldn't you say that's what you did? Yeah. And I would say it once you continue to, down that path, it doesn't feel like a strictness anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you know, that's like a cheesy thing. I'm pretty sure. Like, it's not like, it's not weight, it's wings, you know, yeah. oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, but, um, I've actually never heard that. Okay. I haven't either. It's a really dorky saying. That is so I'm cute. I'm sure I saw it on Pinterest or something, but I'm getting a shirt it. with that on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. It's so adorable. It's not weight, it's wings. That's, and yeah. it's so true. It's so true. Well, and I think when you have the mindset, cause if like my only purpose in doing all of these changes was just to fix Boston's infection. I don't feel like that would have been the right mindset to have. Yeah. It's like the, these are lifelong changes mm-hmm. and they take a long time. And mm-hmm. so I think having that perspective, because when you're only making small changes every day, like we do want to see results fast, mm-hmm. yes. you know? but there's something much bigger at play. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a long-term change. And I love that. I think Tristan, you brought it up that, um, that making the changes right now can feel really expensive, you know, mm-hmm. like going to different doctors, continuing to find different providers that work for you or, you know, paying for new supplements or different alternative therapies like the Hocket and mm-hmm. things like that. But when in the long haul, when you're not going to end up on the medical merry-go-round, you end up in a way better, like it's yeah. an investment in your health now to heal and it's not always going to be that way right. or that expensive. Right? Yeah. Yes, I love that. And and I, I do want to really say, Rachel, you have been like a star pupil. Do people use the word pupil here in America? Sure. Star student. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say star student. You've been a star student because everything I said you did, right? Like you just went with it. You were very trusting. And I almost like... I almost get really shy when people just trust everything I say because I've always met with so much resistance. Yeah. Always, right? Like people are always trying to cut corners again because they're not ready and that's okay to not be ready. But you worked your buns off and you did the research and you implemented everything. You, I mean, you put your three-year-old on an autoimmune paleo diet. I can't even get adults to do that. Well, and that, that stealth pathogen program is it's no intense. walk in the park no, either. I am so. currently on it and I hate taking my supplements every day. I hate it. 
And I mean, I do it, but it took me three months to do it. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. My symptoms got so bad that I was like, okay, I, I have to do something or I'm going to lose my kidneys <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. I, well, you know, I think worst case scenario, right. Yeah, right <laughs> like, right. Oh no, dialysis. Right. <laughs> um, I go to worst case. Um, and so, so, I mean, it was really incredible what you did and you did it and it was doable. And so if you are out there right now thinking, I can't do this, maybe you can't this year, but it's okay. Like give yourself some grace. And, and the question probably isn't, can I do this? It's what can I do? Right. Oh, right? yeah. Because this is where anxiety is not necessarily our friend, where it tells us that this has to happen now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise terrible things are coming yeah. and we have to really wrestle with that anxiety and say, no, I'm going to look at the big picture here. And I'm going to say that I will be okay. We are going to get where we need to go if we do it at a pace that doesn't burn us out. Mm -hmm. And in your case, you were able to go at a pretty rapid pace. You were motivated. You were, you were all set, but not everybody is there. And for some people, that means that right now, like Johnny was saying, they're just going to start with like, maybe I can start doing bone broth. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that for now. And that's fine. They're going to get out of it what they put into it. So that means yeah. that they're looking at a much longer trajectory on their way to healing. And that's okay for them because clearly that's what works with their tolerance level. Mm-hmm. But if you want fast results and you want really effective results, that means you are going to have to go at a really rapid pace. Right. You're going to have to be 100%. Right. And, and it's just a matter of figuring out what what works for your particular situation. Right. And what your what your priorities are. Like mm-hmm. if you want it fast and quick, then you have to be all in. Right. But if you don't want to burn yourself out, give yourself more time. Right. Um, this has been awesome, by the way. Oh I, my gosh. I want to ask another question though. I'm not ready to end if that's no, okay. No. Oh um, my gosh, please let's keep okay. going. I, I'm really curious about Boston's experience throughout this. Oh, yeah. The poor little kid is like, doesn't even understand what's going on in the world. And suddenly he's being put on all these different things, seeing all these doctors, having his foods taken away from him. How, yeah. how did it go for him? You know, he has been like, it has been hard. It's been hard for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as he went to doctors, a lot of them liked to, to, to touch it, to mm-hmm. see what was going on. And so he got really wary about yeah. people like going to doctor's office and people touching him. And we had to get like his blood drawn, you know, mm-hmm. and he's so little, that was hard for all of us. But did um, he, was he self-conscious about it? Um, like about the bumps? Yeah. You know, I think that, I think that I got like, he's just small enough that he wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I bet if anything, he might've been picking up on your energy, right? Because, yeah. you know, you said he's very sensitive, like he might yeah. be an empath, right? Yeah. And so he might pick up on mom's anxiety yeah. and then just channel that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's my guess, but. Well, well or he didn't. <laughs> or he didn't. Or he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am grateful that he wasn't physically ill, mm-hmm. you know, cause yeah. I, I can't imagine, like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how much more anxiety and more, you know, I don't know, Tara Bell, have, do you, have you seen her on Instagram? No. She, um, I, you know, I think her little girl had leukemia, but Mm. she's like healed her. She says that the thing that she says is with juice and Jesus Mm -hmm. is like how she's healed her. And like basically the medical route, just like, um, they came to an end of the road where they're like, there's not really anything else that we can do. And so she just gave, like, I think that I gave all in, but I was like watching her and I was like, Oh 
my gosh, like making different fresh juices for her daughter three times a day. And so, and I, so I was looking at her and I was like, there's no way I could do that. So I think it's really easy to look and be like, there's no way I could Mm -hmm. do that. But when you're, it's happening to you and it's happening to your children. Like even listening to you guys talk, I'm like, my journey, if this, like all this healing would have been for me, I'm like, it'd start with like, I'm going to do bone broth for like a year mm-hmm. and then I'll try mm-hmm. something else. Like it would have been so slow. And that's where I kind of feel grateful because like Boston is what I needed. Like mm-hmm. it need, like it, that's it like, had to be him. Yeah. To create these like amazing changes that are going to benefit us yeah. forever. But, you know, I think he was just young enough to kind of be somewhat oblivious to mm-hmm. what's normal and what's not, you know? Yeah. And then I feel like we were really, we're really blessed with, good friends and family who helped us create positive environments with food because you know if everyone else is snacking on cheetos and you have Mm -hmm. like apples you know then um and we had challenging moments like that and Mm -hmm. but it was interesting as we explained it to him like why he couldn't have gluten like how aware of it he became and i'd be like oh does that have gluten in it and it stops so, becoming a fight when he learned that it had it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my three-year-old recognizes mm-hmm. that gluten doesn't make his body feel good. But And think of the body intuition he's going to have growing up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's going to be so in tune to his symptoms and feel empowered that he can change that. Yeah. I want to share a quick story. We went out for dinner to celebrate having Nick on our team yesterday. And... Um, and, you know, they, they serve like, and I had to bring my kids and I was like, oh, darn. Cause I knew the free bread rolls and there's going to be oh, this yes. massive like fight. And the kids menu is always just it's, oh, man, pure yeah. garbage. It was like chicken tenders and fries. I'm like, okay, at least I'll get some protein. I always forget that chicken tenders are like deep fried in like bread. Yeah. bread. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so my kids are going, oh, and then they gave us a complimentary pretzel. And I was like, I'm like gluten and dairy. And I was dying, but you know, I didn't want to make a scene. I'm like, you know what? The kids never eat this stuff. Go to town, enjoy the, yeah, blah. And so anyways, this morning, Tennyson wakes up and the first thing he says to me, he's like, mom, my belly is telling me that I don't want to go to that restaurant for a while. And I was like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Like you're listening to your body. Cause last night he's like, this is the best restaurant <laughs> ever. Like I can't wait to come back. <laughs> and then this morning he's like, mm. my body's saying, I don't want to go there for a while. And I was yeah. like, good, good. Like you're, you're feeling a little run down right now. And you're recognizing that it was because you gorged yourself in wheat and dairy last night. Like he put two, there was no shame. Like yeah. I didn't say like limit yourself to one bread roll. They just went like bread after bread. And I'm like, I'm going to let this happen. I'm going to yeah. let it happen because they're going to realize what's happening. So Tennyson realized it, but then Satori is like, well, I feel great. And I'm like, okay, she's not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Until she gets constipated and then we'll bring up this conversation later. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so teaching him, uh, going back to Boston, like teaching him about the, the control, not control, like the repercussions of eating certain foods over yeah. our body can be a very empowering narrative and not a shaming one. I think we feel like there's a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about like, like people get a lot of like kickback when you mention the words junk food. Yeah. Oh, that's so condescending. That's so judgmental. And I'm like, do you like, do we even realize that we have this negative narrative around food? What we're trying to do here is a positive, empowering narrative. Right. And the and the social norm is to just not talk about food, period, and do whatever you want. Yeah. And so it's really interesting that 
this kind of conversation is shamed in our society. And that is a product of our brainwashing mm-hmm. around food. And, well, and, and our addiction to and food, our addiction, right? right? That right. we're so attached to the fast food, the soda pop, the mm-hmm. whatever it is, that whenever someone challenges that, it feels like a personal attack. Like right. that makes me feel good. How dare you? Right, right. How dare you take that away from me? <laughs> right. And so we can't call a spade a spade. We can't say, this is really toxic for you. Like it, yeah. that is apparently shaming. And it's like, you know what? No, it's not. It's empowering. Like knowing why I don't feel good and making some lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. that is potentially one of the best gifts we can give our children. Well, and the best part about that is that the fact that some things make him feel bad yeah. is proof that most of the time he's feeling good. Yeah. yeah. And, and how great is that as a parent to know that your kids generally feel really good mm-hmm. and that's not very common. The reason why most people can't tell the difference between they went out to eat and, and normal is that they are always just not feeling very great. Right. right. I think you mentioned that before that there were kind of telltale signs that before even the, the spot showed up that he wasn't, super comfortable in his little body. Right. And, and that could have continued on forever and ever, but now because of everything you've gone through, he actually feels great most of the time. Yeah. And it's interesting how it's happened for all of us. Cause like we totally are like an on the go family. And so you're naturally more convenience food Mm. oriented, Mm -hmm. you know, but then once Boston had diet restrictions, I'm like, where the heck are we going to eat where there's no gluten or dairy? So we stopped like when we're with him, which we're with him basically, you know, all the Mm -hmm. time, except for like date nights and stuff. But we're like, okay, we got to go somewhere without gluten or dairy. And it's interesting how now it's like, I can't even remember the last time I had these like certain fast food places. And then when you do have them, you're just like, Oh, that does not taste like no. I thought that mm. it was going yeah. to. You know, you don't remember it. Like it's when you don't have it all the time, mm-hmm. your body's not used to it and it recognizes like, oh, this is this this doesn't make me feel mm-hmm. good. Um and I have with Boston, I'm like, I don't want him to feel restricted, you know? And so we try to be to be in positive environments with and it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, we only hang out with crunchy friends, you know. Right. It's like it's those who just understand that this is what we need to do for Boston and they like love and support us. Like I have Mm. a favorite memory of my being at my parents' house and my sister's like hiding behind the fridge, eating a peach pizza (laughs) toast because she just doesn't want Boston to see it. So sweet. (laughs) Isn't that so sweet? And so when we have just like food in the house that, you know, is free reign. Like there's just mostly good choices. Mm -hmm. Then he doesn't feel limited because we're Mm -hmm. not telling him no. Like, no, you can't have that. That's only for this certain time, you know? And I I was trying to remember the other day he was like, oh, is this a tree? And it was like yogurt. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah." you know? (laughs) But I actually love your cookbook because now that he's getting a little bit older, he's like, I love treats, you know? And I don't want him to feel like he's missing out. So we love making like the chocolate chip cookies or the mm, avocado good. pudding because Yay. he still gets like fun food, but he yeah. like isn't missing out because we're still creating fun memories and opportunities mm-hmm. with food. But they're, you know, I feel like we've given up a lot of normal standard diet, diet foods, mm-hmm. but we've also given up a lot of normal quotation mark issues like yeah. ear infections, eczema, sleep behavior issues and things like that. And to be clear, there is nothing normal about the way most people eat these days, right? Right. That is not normal in the context of the history of humankind. Right. So just to be clear on that. All this processed 
in yeah. quotation marks, normal food is only new this from is, the past like 70 this years. This is a sliver in human history. Mm-hmm. And of course we're not doing well with it. It's not, yeah. we're not, we don't know how to handle this stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the cookbook that you mentioned, if you guys want to order that, you can go to gutsy.ch forward slash how to heal mm-hmm. if you want to order that. So I am actually coming out with a new one, you guys, but I don't know. Don't when. hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a few months. We have some other projects first. It's going to be a few months, um, but like there, there will be a second one with like more recipes and meal plans and stuff. But um, so gutsy.ch forward slash how to heal. I'm so glad he likes that. Yeah. That's so great. We love it. Now, so I, I want to really emphasize a point that it's actually come up a couple times, but we haven't really brought it to the surface, which is how valuable community is. Oh yeah. yeah. Having people around you that support your decisions and don't make you feel like you're an outsider mm-hmm. because of them is probably the most valuable thing in the world. Yeah. And this doesn't just apply to food, right? This applies to everything. Yeah. I think that's why Mormons are so drawn to Utah because they know that they're going to be surrounded by other people that share their religious values and they're right. not going to have to defend those or Explain be ashamed of or, those or mm-hmm. yeah, or anything like that. And, and the same goes for food that when we've got friends whose kids eat the same weird things mm-hmm. that our kids do, that makes it so much easier because you pull out the plate of green pancakes that are made with spinach and and the carrot sticks. And everyone's like, yeah, of course this is what we're doing. What else would we do? Yeah. And then you got to just rest easy and you know, you can send your kids to those friends' homes and they're not going to come home with a cupcake in one hand and a Coke in the other. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and if you are, if you're wondering like what that feels, well, not what that feels like, but if you've ever been called like high maintenance with your food, right? Amongst friends or family, mm-hmm. like that's a product again of the societal like addiction, addiction basically. to food. Yeah. A, a lot of people, they're called high maintenance mm-hmm. or they are, what are the or, other? Orthorexic is right. what the doctors will call it, right? Oh. You have orthorexia, which is right. where you have an unhealthy obsession with eating healthy. Yeah. And so, so just, you know, don't, don't let that bug you guys down. All right. Like, like you said, find your community, find your people. What a great story that your family is like totally on board. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. met quite a few of them and they're just fantastic <laughs> people. They're all like, they're all, they all get it. Yeah. And that has probably been a huge blessing, you guys. So it, what what else do we want to cover? Um, well, there's at least, no, two other things. Like one, I loved that you were willing to continue working with different doctors until you found something that worked for you. Mm-hmm. Granted, you didn't necessarily find the perfect fit when it came to the doctors, but you didn't just stick with the first one because, Hey, it's a doctor. What am I going to do? Right. You were willing to say, "Mm, this isn't the best fit for me. What else is out there? And I think that if more people did that, we would probably have better options because then there would be this sense of, Oh, as a medical provider, I need to provide my people with what they want or they're not going to come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. And there hasn't been enough of that in America because most people are just passive recipients of healthcare. Exactly. They're not participants. And you became a a participant. And you were also willing to tell these doctors basically, thank you, but no thank you. But you didn't have to be like confrontational about it, right? You didn't get up in their face and say, how dare you recommend this? You're a terrible person. I'm never coming back here. You just didn't go back. Yeah. Very simple. Exactly. Right? So you don't, you don't have to be an outgoing confrontational, whatever person in order to make this work for you. Mm -hmm. You can just make your decisions. 
You right. don't need their validation or approval. You don't even need to and tell them. You can fire your doctors. You are allowed <laughs> like, to do that. You just leave them. Like if they're gaslighting you or slightly emotionally abusive or talking over you or not meeting your needs, drop them. Yeah. All right. You can totally do that. Now, that being said, this whole thing would have been a million times easier for you if you had found a good doctor right. from the outset, which once again is where community can come in handy. If you know a good doctor, tell everybody Everyone, about them. Yeah. yeah. Tell the whole world over and over and over again until they listen to it. Right. Because that doctor, for one, they deserve to get all the business in the world. Yeah. But for two, people need this. They don't even realize they need this. Mm-hmm. Do you think even like the right doctor would have been as extensive about, okay, these are the foods you're taking out. Here's a meal plan. Here's supplements. You're, like you need to detox him. Like, do you, do you feel like there are doctors out there that do that? Because I feel like we were saying this earlier, like 95% of the work was you. Do you think yeah. a doctor would do that 95% for people? So the funny thing about that is like, I'd bring that up at every doctor's office and they just kind of brushed over it. Mm. But I remember... I, I remember telling my friends and family that the doctor told us to do gluten and dairy free because mm. I was still too afraid mm. to own it for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they said to, mm-hmm. but really I was like, I just feel like I need to do this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's like actually funny to look back on because it was, it was scary and it was new to like make these big changes when I didn't know if they were going right. yeah. to work, you know? Yeah. So I totally was like, yeah, they, they said that I need to do this and they well, totally it's funny it. too that, that people are like, Oh, a doctor said it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Right? It can yes. be the weirdest thing in the world, but if a doctor said it, then it must be yeah. legit. Right. <laughs> and I think for me, that's where with like diet culture, it's like, Oh, it feels like it's too extreme. Like the word extreme, like mm-hmm. to pull these things out to help heal your child. But if it's for like losing weight, like if you're making diet changes for losing weight, then it right. feels more mm-hmm. like, acceptable, right. you know? And so, cause I just remember feeling like, you know, I think extreme was a good word where, and part of me kind of being like, I don't want to be this extreme. Like I have to be, you mm-hmm. know? And so, but you know, I, but think, now you want to be right. Yeah. But now great. I want to be like, you feel yeah. like it's the, the wings thing. It's, it's been not long a enough to be, to see the benefits, like yeah. the lifelong benefits of it. And to feel great. And yeah. I, I had this. I remember a few weeks ago, my son broke a boulder in our backyard. So I was trying to pick it up to put it back on the wall. (laughs) And I picked it up and I twisted and I put my back out. And the last time I put my back out was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to take me like three months to heal. Because it felt the exact same. Mm -hmm. It took three days. Wow. And, And I'm like, I'm 10 years older now. This is the exact same pain, the exact same injury from when I was like 22. But we did not have the exact same diet. We did not. We did not. And so my inflammation like went down, like it was really bad for three days. And then after the third day, it was like 50% gone. And by the end of that week, I'd totally forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, it's gone. What happened? And I remember being like, oh, it's my inflammation. Like my inflammation is consistently down. Like I recover from Mm -hmm. things a lot faster now. In my twenties, I was eating like crap. Mm -hmm. I was taking ibuprofen for like headaches and migraines and tendonitis. And I couldn't sit in a lecture for longer than 20 minutes because my back would flare up. So I'd have to get up and walk in the back of the classroom and then sit down and then walk again and sit down. And I was 20 and they told me I'd have to have surgery on my back by the time I was 30. Like I'd have to have like a spinal fusion. I'm now 33, 32. And you know, and so I'm like, (laughs) well, that surgery didn't happen. And I feel better than I did in my twenties. And it's all because of like, I really think it's the nutritional changes and I wouldn't want it any other way. 
I always yeah. call like eating junk food, like my food hangover the next day where our entire family this morning, we're all recovering from our food. We hangover. all wake up and go, Ugh. Uh, like, yeah. what? that was a bad time, right? Good reminder. Like, yeah. And so like, <laughs> we wouldn't want it any other way. Kind of circling yeah. back. Like, I'm so grateful I eat this way. It's enjoyable. It's fun. I promise like you will get there someday, right? Like yeah. you, you probably don't even think of like, oh, yay, Cheetos, right? Oh, yay, McDonald's. Yes, I uh-huh. used to like love hot Cheetos with cream really? cheese. Really? Hot Cheetos with <laughs> yes. cream cheese. And All now right. I'm like, I haven't had that in forever. And I'm like, that That sounds gross. That sounds like it would hurt my stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I think too. Like, ooh, <laughs> ulcer. Heartburn. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, they're like, I promise you, your body adapts and it yeah. craves these foods. Like we're, we're having like these tacos for dinner after this. And I can't, I've been thinking about them for hours <laughs> where there's like cabbage and avocado and a cashew cream, like uh, lime crema, you know? And yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, and then like almond flour tortillas. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And like, if you said like bread, I'd be like, meh. No, thanks. Give me the cabbage. <laughs> that's the thing. Food should be enjoyable. And it is. But not yeah. addictive. And right. that's that's the problem with modern food is that they've turned it into addictive stuff that's well, full of chemicals. Right. Whereas what our ancestors ate forever and ever, that's what we actually crave. That's, mm-hmm. that's what our bodies really want because that's right. what provides us with the nutrients that right. actually help us to heal and be strong. Right. But we have to first get rid of the addictions. Totally. And I guess that makes us extreme. Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? Happy to be extreme. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm happy to be in that camp. Um, Rachel, this was awesome. Like, and I think you're going to give a lot of hope to a lot of moms and dads around mm-hmm. the globe, town, Utah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. I whoever's, whoever's listening. <laughs> yeah, whoever's listening. Like, you guys, it can be done, but be gentle with yourselves. Be gentle, go slowly. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to say no to people who think that they have authority over you. They do not. Don't ever, ever, ever have anyone throw their credentials in front of you and be like, now you need to listen to me. Because the only person you need to listen to is yourself Mm -hmm. and your intuition. If you guys want more information um, on the membership, you guys, I just, all of the, if you're new, if you don't know where to start, if you are overwhelmed, seriously, this is why I created, like the membership was born out of doing like 500 plus consults with people and like, I can't get all the information to people in an hour and a half. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And I, as I'd have these conversations with people, I'm like, I wish they understood this. I wish they understood this. And I remember trying to give people as much information as possible. And they just, they couldn't retain it because it's like trying to learn a different language. Mm -hmm. They want to though. They want to be there. It's just, there's such a big gap. Yes, exactly. And so that's why I created this program because it takes, it's, week by week, right? And you're just practicing and you're learning. There's videos, there's shopping lists, there's lectures, and you don't have to do it all at once. That's why it's a six month program because you can do it at your own pace and you can do it slowly or fast. And then you have the the community on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say this all the time, but the members show up, right? And they share experiences like Rachel's and they share their hardships and they share like, and they say, you guys, I have this. And they'll like post a picture and people are like, oh, have you tried this and this and this? And so it's not even coming from us. It's coming from everyone. And so everyone is pooling together their experiences and their knowledge and providing incredible, incredible resources. And so if you are trying to learn and you're feeling stuck and you need 
stuff to learn and you don't know. Oh, what did one of our members say? She said, she said, she's so grateful because it would have taken her years to do all of this research, mm-hmm. go through all of the junk science and then filter out that which is really true. Right. And she said that she is getting all of that in the, in the membership. And so if you're nice. like, I don't have time to research, just spoon feed me the, the essentials. That's what the membership does guys. So there is where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. And this is a really great stepping stone to make sure that you find your way, I guess. Um, does anybody else have anything to say? Rachel, what is your like parting advice to everyone listening right now? Okay. Um, I would say like, I promise that I am just like completely average. Like there is nothing like really special and unique about like what I did. It Mm -hmm. was just keep to keep going. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Boston as my motivation. And so I love the advice of just like asking yourself, like, what can I do today? Mm -hmm. And just knowing that it will create good changes in the long run, but not holding yourself to like this really high standard that just feels mm-hmm. unachievable mm-hmm. yet. And just realizing that it's like always a journey, like it's called a journey for totally. And, you know, like even listening, I'm like, I still have so many things that I'm still trying to accomplish on my journey, especially my own, you mm-hmm. know, cause I've been so hyper-focused on Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have so much that I'm working on, but just asking yourself like, what can I do today? And just doing that. And in a year from now, you'll be like amazed at where you end up. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I laughed at you saying you're so average, but you're not. Like if you, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are given the task to raise little human beings and to take care of their mental well-being, their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, you know, and that's a really big job. And so you are... you are very responsible and you have a lot of weight on your shoulders. And so everyone needs to understand these things. Right. But to be, be, to be gentle with yourself. Right. And so for you saying you're a very average person, it's like, no, being a woman is not average. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like raising children is not average. You know, like this is, it's okay to take up more space. I think that's what I want people to understand. Like you're not average. Like, we only are limited by our beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. That and, totally makes sense. And so mm-hmm. like you, like listening to your journey, you took up more, you started as the people pleaser, right? Yeah. And you took up more and more space and you spoke up more and more and more. And it took some, and I think that's part of this healing journey too, is realizing I am not average. Like just because I'm a stay-at-home mom, just because I don't have the fancy degrees, it does not mean I can't take up space in this in this arena of healing and food and nutrition, right? Yeah. And when we see women like you or men like you step up to the plate and they're like, I'm here and I'm going to make changes. No doctor could have done that for you. Mm -hmm. Four doctors failed you. It was all the magical mojo of Rachel (laughs) Mm -hmm. with a catalyst of Boston. That's all you needed. And Instagram, like yeah. we poo poo the Instagram guys. We, I mean, we, we shame people for Googling. We, yeah. we, I, hold on, rewind. We shame women. We shame moms for Googling. And we need to recognize that this is what's happening and it's not okay. Yeah. All right. So we need to shut those voices down and take up space and realize 
we're not average women doing average things. We're exceptional beings taking up more space in an exceptional environment. Sorry. No, I love that. And I, I love that. Cause that's something that I feel like I do need to like own that, you know, but I think I, I like, I'm trying to relate to those who, who also feel like they're average. I I think it's fair to say that, that what you did is within reach of everybody. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're average, but it's because everybody is capable of being amazing. Exceptional. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I'm so, I'm so glad you shared that. That was, and I hope people really felt that and they recognize that they are capable of this too. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say, Tris? I want to say I'm hungry. Let's go eat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, thanks for listening. And um, until next week, please rate us if you haven't. Share us with your friends. Share us with your friends. Yes. We're, we're like 27 on the Apple Pocket. You guys, I'm still so floored. Like when I see those, I'm like, people really want to listen to us. Like <laughs> they really want to hear what we have to say. So thank you for showing up. Bye guys. Until we next love week. you. Bye.